attention, please. Stop walking while I'm squawking. All aboard. Hi, everybody. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back. We have been talking ad nauseum about the Disney Wish, and we could keep talking about it. I think we could do an entire, like, season of us telling stories about the one week on the ship. But we're not going <laughs> to bore you with that because we have a special guest today. We have a super special guest, and this is one of the most exciting guests we could get. We have the one and the only voice actor Tom Gibbis here with us. Tom is a prolific voice actor. You've heard his voice on numerous shows over the decades, and most Famously, he has been for, oh my goodness, over 18 years on Naruto, the anime series, playing Shakumara Nara. Did I say that right, Tom? Shakumara Nara. (laughs) There it is. (laughs) It's tough. We have tough. Hello, everybody. First, let me say that. Hello, Adam. Hello, Dana. Um, Yeah, that is the biggest challenge of doing an anime show just in general. And you can ask just about every actor who ever works on one of those is the names. So I, I... I was so thankful when I got cast that I never had to say my own name. (laughs) It's a mouthful. And you've been playing this character for 18 years. Is that right? That is correct. That is correct. Wow. I'm sure it feels like it's just gone by in a blip. And I guess we should also say, folks, I think you all know we jokingly call my husband the unpaid intern because he edits this podcast. And he's been on the podcast a few times, but he's also a voiceover director and sound engineer. So he's worked with Tom before. And that's how this all came about. Uh, I think Tom and Ryan were talking about our upcoming trip. And Tom mentioned, oh, you're going on a Disney cruise. Well, you know, I worked in entertainment on the very first Disney cruise ship, The Magic. And so we wanted to bring Tom on to tell us his amazing stories of working on the very first Disney cruise line. The inaugural voyages. <laughs> it's like the inaugural the- of inaugural. Uh, Of the magic and the wonder. So they were both built in Venice, Italy. So I got to go back to Venice to get the wonder after we did the magic. So that was kind of fun. That's awesome. So kind of take us back to the beginning, because this has been this year is the 25th anniversary. They're celebrating the silver anniversary at sea right now. 25 years since you did this, since you helped launch the magic, the very first ship. So talk to us a little bit about like How you wound up on a cruise ship. (laughs) So I was actually in California, but I'm from Minnesota. I'd done a lot of theater in Minnesota. I worked for this little theater in Minnesota. It's an improv company called Dudley Riggs Brave New Workshop. And it had been purchased. uh, And one of the co-owners was a guy by the name of Mark Berggren, who worked at Disney World at Epcot. And he directed a bunch of the shows and the streetmosphere and characters and all sorts of stuff. And then when he left Disney, he bought this theater in Minneapolis and they got the contract to do the entertainment on the Disney Magic and the Disney Wonder. And I was in California at the time. I happened to be home just uh, visiting my family. I knew that there was an audition coming up. So I just went and auditioned and uh, they had a couple of Disney people there and they had Mark and a few other people. And just did an audition. And a couple weeks later, I got a call and said, uh, Hey, remember that audition you did? And it was, this was like August of 97, I think. And then, uh, I said, sure. And it's like, do you want to go to Italy? Cause that's where the ships are being built. This is great. Sign me up. And so we did rehearsals in January in Minneapolis. We did all our paperwork and our 
you have to get health screened and a bunch of stuff. And then uh, two days before we were supposed to fly to Florida for the next phase, which was doing traditions, uh, which oh, is yes. everybody that works at the Walt Disney Company uh, has to take this course on about like what is the company where did it start it's all stuff we all kind of know but you learn a lot about sort of their philosophy of how to do and how to work at disney i think we've all been there because i worked at abc for a long time and dana with her disney we've we've been through the tradition disney uh brainwashing when you get on board i'll tell you i remember going into traditions and thinking i am a total disney nut i know enough about disney and like the first thing they did was a disney like trivia with everybody in there and i was they schooled me like these people knew some of the most intricate trivia questions it was crazy exactly and they give you these little figurines if you get it right and how we would like be muscling each other out to get these little tiny plastic, you know, <laughs> yeah. Cause all of a sudden it's this thing. I got, I got to get one. I got it. You know, it's really funny. <laughs> uh, so two days before we to do that, there was a delay. So they said, we're going to keep you on the payroll. We're not letting anybody go. Let's revisit this in a month. And so I flew back to California. I had already sublet my apartment, so I kind of couch surfed for a month. And I actually shot a Coors commercial in that time. I was like, this is great. You know, and <laughs> double uh, dipping. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then we came back, flew to flew to Florida. And then we had like two weeks in Florida where we did the Disney traditions. And then they put us on a plane and we flew to Paris. And then from Paris, we went to Marco Polo Airport in Venice, Italy, which is where the two ships were being built. And then there was tons of delays on the construction. So as a way of, I think, Disney was to put pressure on the Fincantieri uh, shipyard was to start bringing the cast and the crew on board. And so they rented these two little Greek ships where we we lived and we lived in a, a shipyard while they worked on the ship. Oh my gosh. And um, yeah, it was really crazy. And we kept rehearsing and we were doing improv, but we did five shows and it was for the Offbeat Comedy Club. And I don't think they do it anymore. I don't think, I definitely know they don't do improv there anymore. They do like dueling pianos or something. Mm -hmm. Um, But we had scripts. So each one had like a little bit of written stuff. And then we'd work in improv sections. And then there were five different shows. And we did five shows a night. There were six shows, sorry. Six shows, five shows a night is how we would do it. Wow. Taking a step back, you mentioned improv. But can you kind of explain like what was this role that you had signed up to do? Yeah. So there were six of us and a musician. So technically seven. (laughs) And so what they had us do is Comedy Warehouse was already going. So they wanted it to be different things. Comedy Warehouse because part of a a Disney vacation is that you would spend some time at Disney World and then you would get on the ship. So they didn't Mm -hmm. want people that went to Pleasure Island and saw a Comedy Warehouse show to go, well, that's exactly what they're doing. So Mm. our thing was to be a lot more interactive. And then based on the theme of our show, we would create structures that we would do. So like, we're going to create the next new Disney live action film. So what's your favorite Disney live action film? And, you know, somebody would yell out the shaggy dog. Okay. We're going to make the shaggy dog too, but instead of turning into a dog, he's going to turn into a, you know, and then, and then you would go from there and get suggestions from the audience and we'd play it out and have a lot of fun. So we did six of those type of shows. We got people on stage. One of our big centerpiece 
improvs was we'd interview a person from the audience, we'd bring them up on stage, we'd get a bunch of details about their life, and then we did a thing called This Is Your Life. And we mm-hmm. would sort of make fun of that guest's life. And uh, that was a huge hit, too. <laughs> it's like Because you're telling stories about them, you're kind of making fun with them and yeah. the people in the audience. Yeah. So they just, they just loved it. And our shows were packed, like packed. The first night of the cruise, we'd get a light crowd, and then... By night two, you couldn't get a seat. And there were people that were just camping out at the, they, they wouldn't turn the room. <laughs> they would, wow. so, so then they got to the point where our show would end. Every 45 minutes, we're doing these scheduled shows. So we'd have like a 15 minute to turn the room kind of thing. They would throw, everybody had to get up and get out of the room because it became such a problem that they would say, I want to sit here. I'm going to just keep this seat the entire yeah. night. And so in order to get more people to go through, they would have to kick them out first, and then they could get back in line if they wanted to. So it, it was just really a, a crazy time. We didn't do just performing in the nightclub. There were six of us, three guys, three women, and you would get paired up with one woman, and then every three weeks, you'd, so you'd work with everybody kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So you'd be in the, the club, or you could be in uh, Studio C, where we hosted two different game shows. And then we had characters on the island. We'd play these castaways on the island, on the private island. <laughs> and we were supposed to just, like, streetmosphere, sort of entertain them yeah. as they're getting on the trams or whatever. And you were supposed to be anybody but yourself and you're castaway Bob and you're, you know, you have a straw hat and they had us in like fake tattered, you know, really theatrical tattered clothes. And we would talk yeah. about how we were castaway on the yeah. island. But that never worked, by the way, <laughs> because anybody who saw us in the shows would be like, hey, you're the funny guy from the show. Yeah, we you saw know? you last night. Yeah. So, <laughs> so let's go back to Italy because I'm fascinated yes, by the idea that Disney was like, hey, we have this job for you. You're hired. We're going to pay you. There's delays on the ship. We're going to keep paying you. Okay, now we're going to finally bring you to Italy to use you as pawns, essentially, to get the Italian yes. workers to move faster and finish our ship. What was it like getting on the ship? Talk to us about like what kind of state the ship was in when you first got on board. And then I'm really curious about, because you were part of the crew that sailed with the ship from Italy to Port Canaveral, and I am correct fascinated that, by the idea of this like skeleton crew essentially. Oh yeah, right. Taking the ship that, that was a trip to clear across the ocean. So to make it real quick, <laughs> you know, we got there March, April. So May is when it was supposed to sail, and you would think it's going to be like ninety percent done, right? It was a construction site. Like, it was unrecognizable in certain parts of the ship. Most of the rooms had been done, but we didn't really travel in those areas. Well, it's funny you say that because our servers on the Disney Wish were telling us when they got on board to learn the ship and learn the restaurants, it did not look like the restaurant. Like, it was like, no, they said right. it, it was just nuts. It was it was still in shambles. Yeah. yeah. Stripped down. Yeah. You know, they didn't have any of this, like, animator's palette. Had n- it was just, like, wires and LED string lights all over the place. Nothing was put in. None of the panels, none of the artwork, nothing. It just was this, is this ship going to go? <laughs> I mean, yeah. I don't know what's going what's gonna to happen. And, uh, again, I, I could talk about this all day. Day, but but they basically brought over a hundred extra people from the parks that would just come in because 
they would try and get the rooms checked off. Like these rooms are done, right? There was a little trick though. You'd think just lock the door once they're done, but you can't because once you have the keys, you own the ship. So that once they sign off on it, that's it. You own it. So they couldn't mm-hmm. lock any of the doors. And so when they'd go through their first checks on the room, okay, okay, this room looks great. You know what? All we need is a handle for that bureau. All we need is a faucet fixture over here. And the guy would go, okay, just one minute. I'll go. And then he'd disappear for a little bit. And then he'd come back and he'd come back with a faucet fixture and he'd come with the drawer handle. And they go, great, this room's done. And they'd go to the next room and they go, wait, there's a faucet fixture missing. <laughs> he would just go to the next room and then steal the part oh and then, you know, put it back. And they were playing Whoa. this game of whack-a-mole. And so they would literally station, like, I don't know what they call them. It's not Imagineers. It's like volunteers or something. Uh, but they get to go to Italy. So that was great. So their only job was sit in a folding chair, read a book, don't let any workers come down this hallway kind of thing. Because these rooms are done, you know. <laughs> and, oh, wow. and so they had to do that, like, inch by inch all over the entire ship. There was a lot of like theft. In the Disney ships, they have TVs. And they were little 13-inch color televisions with a little VCR slot. And these TVs would go in the front door of the ship. And then there was a line of them going out the back door (gasps) of the ship. And they were stealing. What? The funny thing is they used VHS. (laughs) You know, in in Europe, they have a completely different kind of, first of all, plug. You know, if it was an antenna, it wouldn't work. So the only place they would work... is in the United States. So in order to sell them or do anything, like even you're selling them out of the trunk of your car, you, you'd have to get them to the United States. This is the only place it would work. It was junk in, yeah. in Europe. So, But they would try and steal everything. Wow. So this is why they built the ships yeah. in Germany, because they were like, enough the Italians. Yeah. Norway was is a big <laughs> port that they build in, in too, and in, in, I guess in Norway. But, and this was like a state project. It was sort of like, keep it going as long as you can, because it keeps people off of unemployment. And so they were like, this is a great job. We're just going to keep this going forever. And Disney is not like that. This is like, this ship has to be done on this day. That's how Disney is. Yeah. And they were like, ship will be done when she's done. You know, <laughs> very time, oh, very wow. time, yeah, very time. Have, a, have yeah. some prosecco and hang out <laughs> so, for a bit. It'll be done. So Disney brought an army, an army, hundred people, uh, maybe two hundred people that just came from parks, and they would just keep an eye on everything. And eventually, we got to a point where they said, "This ship has to sail, or we're, we're running backwards." You know, <laughs> and so we left. Yeah. We left port, and we had two hundred Italian workers with us doing like carpeting and stuff like that. And then once they got to Florida, they would fly them all back. But they, they were like, this ship's got to go. There was a there was a sabotage plot. <gasps> they tried to what? destroy the, the propellers under the ship. There was a, I don't know if it got any news in the United States, but in Italy, it was a big story. And the whole deal was, if we need repairs, then we have to stay in port. And if we stay in port, then the guys get to keep working on it. And then... <laughs> You know, it was mm-hmm. this whole thing. And wow. so we, uh, we skedaddled out of there. And it was right well, they, after many delays. So the Italians basically waged war on the Walt Disney Company. Yeah, very subtle, though. And were holding a multi-million dollar cruise ship yeah, hostage. Because partly they didn't care. D- Disney had all these. Bill- <laughs> For ransom. And ransom was paying yeah, well, the Italians more money to keep building well, No, no, because the here's the thing. Disney, when they write their contracts... If you don't meet this particular date, then we get refunded this amount of money. And so eventually, if you can do that enough times, Disney gets the ship for free because they kept missing their 
deadlines and stuff. However, oh. Disney's got to book the cruises and get, they're on a plan. You know, they want it done. They don't. Yeah. yeah. And I think they got several major discounts on that ship <laughs> because they, because I think <laughs> I we were supposed imagine. to leave in I May bet. and then it ended up being July. July 1st is what I recall was the, the deal. And so we, uh, wow. we finally set sail in July. And what was that like? And also, were you getting to sleep in the staterooms for this no. part? Or were you down in your barracks kind of? Down in our barracks. And our barracks, they were small. They're tiny. But like I had my own room. All of us in our cast had our own room. But like the a lot of the other people were sharing three, four people to a room. And when I'm, they're about the size of a closet. Or the room I'm in right now, it's pretty small. It's just like a guest room kind of size. And they'd put three, four guys in there. And those would be, some of those wow. rooms would be internal. I mean, <laughs> it's just like, it's tiny and it's, uh, and it, it, it's crazy. Yeah. But we were down, I had a window, so I had a portal and it, it was right at the dock level. So, I mean, I'd look a little bit up and I could see people walking, you know, outside on the mm. dock. And in the center of the ship. So also when it rocks and rolls and stuff, you're in the middle of the ship, very low. Didn't affect us at all. It was like sleeping on a waterbed. It was great. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> so, so we take off on July 1st, as I recall. And uh, the reason I say that, because it was Canada Day. And the Canadians on our ship, we had a lot of Canadians. They they worked a lot in the um, the child care areas of the ship. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. what do they call it? The you guys were just there. Ocean Ears Club, Small World Nursery, <laughs> yeah, Ocean Ears yeah. Club. And so they were all wearing their red shirts, and they were you know, and we were like, yay, Canada Day. Well, Disney decided on July Fourth we were going to have a big party because we had set the sail, and they're like, has nothing to do with American independence. It just is, happens to be July Fourth, and we were like, oh no. <laughs> There were only 10% Americans on the on the crew, period. Uh-huh. And most of us were in entertainment. And it was just like, oh, don't, don't make this a thing because they're going <laughs> to. <laughs> it's not going to look great for us. <laughs> so we set out and we're in the Mediterranean. Around July 4th, we're coming through the Straits of Gibraltar. So you got Africa on one side. You could see the lights of Africa and you could look to your right and you'd see the Gibraltar, Spain, oh you know, over on the British. Brit- Gibraltar is wow. actually British. And then. Spain is right next to it, so mostly Spain, and then this little tiny spot where Gibraltar is. And um, they did fireworks. We had a deck party. We had music. It was fun. Disney had brought over like a thousand people from the parks and executives and stuff just to take the the the, the ocean the, crossing. The, journey. the crossing. I don't know why I can't come up with that word. And just for fun. (laughs) Now, the ship was supposed to hold 3,000 passengers and then like 1,500 crew, I believe. And and the ship seemed like a ghost town because there weren't that many people. Mm -hmm. And the ironic thing is once we got to Florida and we had a full boat, it still felt empty. It never – we always thought it was going to feel like packed and – not at all because it's such a big ship and it's spread out and the way they have it set up, Mm -hmm. it kind of works. And so we're going through the back to back to Gibraltar. <laughs> we're going through the Mediterranean, and um, all of a sudden, this Spanish Coast Guard helicopter comes and starts circling the ship. And there's a guy outside the helicopter with a gun, you know, the uh-huh. big machine guns, <gasps> and he's like strapped yeah. in, and he's got a machine gun. They thought the ship had been taken over, and that the, the uh, <gasps> fireworks were Whoa. like a call of distress. 
And of course, you got a bunch of people oh screaming and yelling and waving oh their gosh. hands and dancing on deck. You don't know if it's a riot or is there a mutiny or, you know, or are they being taken over by pirates or something? So they finally got a hold of the Spanish Coast Guard and got everything calmed down. But it's so weird to see a helicopter and a guy outside the helicopter holding a big, huge machine gun on a swivel, wow. just checking it all out. It was very, it was Sounds very like crazy. something out of the movies. So then from there, we went to Southampton. England and we did uh-huh. we did tours of the ship and they recruited us actors because we could speak to do tours of the ship. Mm. So they gave us little cue cards, like what you could talk about, what you couldn't talk about. And they brought in all these like travel agents and stuff to to see the ship and you would explain different features of the ship. And I was particularly good at it, uh, not to toot my own horn. <laughs> and it was mostly because most of the actors just grumbled about it. Like, we got to do this now. And I was just like, hey, it is what it is. Let's just do this and get done. And pe- people wanted to go into Southampton and then maybe even get to London and try and do something. We were only there for like a day or two. And I was like, well, they asked us to do this. So this is what we're going to do. I ended up giving a tour to Bob Geldof and his family, the Boomtown Rats and also Live Aid. Bob Geldof. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they Whoa. must have liked me. And, and I also did uh, Head of Disney Europe came with his family, and I did the, his wow. tour. And I do remember one little joke. We went up into the Walt Disney Suite, which up on the top of the ship is a big, sweet guest room. It's huge. Mm-hmm. It's like it's got a separate room, and it's got a baby grand piano, and it's got – it's just big, huge, big, huge room. And they Bob Geldof's wife kind of joked, it's like um, – I bet your rooms aren't as nice as this. And I said, no, they only let us have an upright piano. We don't get a baby grand. (laughs) (laughs) And they they thought that was very funny. So anyway, so I felt very proud. I think I did the company proud that I gave them a nice fun tour. And having the comedians do it, it could be dangerous, you know. (laughs) So uh, before we go too far, just one second, I want to say, so you did Disney traditions in Florida. When you got to Italy, you had to do this thing called Solus which is survival of life at sea. And they take that serious as a crutch. And then when you get cleared to be a ship, you have to pass a test. And at any time, like U.S. Coast Guard, they came over to inspect our ship because U.S. Coast Guard is the toughest standards of any country. Yeah, And they, they could grab any crew member at any time and ask them just random questions. And you had to know what to do. And so they drilled us on this. And they gave us these little books you'd keep in your back pocket at all times. You could reference, like, what to do, where to go, if what's my muster station, right? And in this book, it would say, what's your cabin number? And you'd look up the cabin number and it'd say, you're D4 mm-hmm. and you'd go here, you know. And, and so they took it very, very seriously. Because once yeah. you finish that course, you are a able-bodied seaman first class, and then the people that would, they would also use the actors for the muster stations. You know, at the beginning of your trip, you had to go put the yeah. life jackets on, how they work. You know, this is where your boat mm-hmm. would be. This is where you collect. And the ones that did that, which was completely random, <laughs> they would just pick a name and then that's you. And then you would get a little extra training and you'd have to learn the speech, like how to do it. And then I think you were uh, mm-hmm. like a low class officer level. If you you became an technically because we were entertainment, we were all officers. But there was like you're officially like an, a lieutenant or something like that. Uh-huh. If I remember, I never got to do it because I was like, I want the title. <laughs> so, yeah. but I think that's what's so interesting about working on a cruise ship is that you're not just a performer. No, you are part of this crew responsible for the safety of thousands of guests 
on board. And I think that's so fascinating that it's not just, yes, I perform and do all this, but you all, every single person on that crew is part of that crew that is ensuring everybody's safe, not only having a good time, but if iceberg straight ahead happens, right, like, right. you actually, all are there to make sure everybody is safe. The movie that they showed for crew, the for The Crossing, because they got brand new Stop. movies that came out. It wasn't. They showed Titanic not. on a loop. No. No. Yeah. <laughs> no, yes, yes, that's they hilarious. Because it just came out. It was that same. It probably had just come yeah, out. Yeah, no. Uh, well, Titanic I, came out to look like it up, but it wasn't that old. It was kind of like a big deal. It's like, like watching a plane disaster movie <laughs> while you're in an airplane. Like things you do not do. Yeah, exactly. They premiered. <laughs> they premiered the Sixth Sense in the movie theater there. I remember that. And they did Tarzan. They did that in the big theater. So that's yeah. kind of gives you an idea of what uh-huh. timeline we were at at that point. But the guys that taught the solace, the survival of life at sea, they come in and they go like this, you know, they're very serious guys. It's like firemen, you know, and they go, um, Mm -hmm. when there's a fire on this ship, I don't say if I say when, because there will be a fire on this ship. (laughs) And you're like, what? And they go, that's the number one thing that happens. And it is going to happen on this ship. Do not kid yourself. That is not. And so you have to be ready for when that happens. And they like, they put the fear of, they showed us all these videos. There was a ship in Italy where the crew abandoned ship and left all the passengers. And it was up to the musicians and the musicians did it. They got every single person off that ship. So they were like, you guys are in entertainment. This is going to fall on you. If the regular crew <sighs> abandons ship, Entertainers have a traditionally, like in the Titanic, the entertainers played while the ship sank to keep everybody calm. Yeah. You know, like, and, and so they were like, they even tied that in that in entertain, oh it's going to come down to the entertainers. Wow. So, so, so in your time as the cruise ship, both the magic and the wonder were sailing around the Caribbean. Did you ever have an emergency that you had to take a part in? N- no, but we did have, well, I know that like when we first hit the Atlantic, Two things. One, it rained really bad, but they wanted to test the ship. So they turned off the stabilizers because they wanted to see if they could roll it. Because when you come out of the Mediterranean and you hit the Atlantic, those waves are crazy because it's like water bodies coming together. And so they took the stabilizer off and they just let her roll and bob and weave and do all that stuff. And It was, I didn't get, I never got sick on the ship. I was pretty good with it, but you'd be walking down the hallway because your perception is completely different. The hallway's not moving, but everything around you is moving. So you'd take two steps and then all of a sudden you'd go like five feet forward (laughs) and then you'd go back. It was just the weirdest feeling. It was almost like you were taking these huge jumps like on the moon or something. And uh, because you're falling, you know, (laughs) five feet or whatever. So what was it like? You've got to Florida. Like, talk about the big christening of the ship, the, so, the celebration. Like, what was all that like? So they gave all of us these polo shirts, and they gave us these streamers, and each one of us, or like a group of two or three, would go. They'd opened up all the staterooms, and so we would be on the balcony on the side that the cameras would catch it. And we came in and we were supposed to be waving these things. And so every balcony, every room in the on that side had all cast members dressed the same. They gave us these inaugural shirts just for the inaugural. They gave us jackets with the embroidered, you know, inaugural trip. That's cool. And we had the noisemakers and all sorts of stuff just to uh, make a big deal when we came in. And then when we 
came in to dock for the first time. Then they had a ceremony where they christened it again. I guess it was christened like three times because they do it when they <laughs> when they first finish the hull, I guess. That's the real one. That's the one that, you know, when they kind of launch to see if it sinks, the first thing. But it's like a, oh, it's yeah. a ghost ship at that time. It's like just a shell. And then they, they had, uh, I think Roy Disney was the one that cracked the bottle, or it was his wife. And then we had the Little Mermaid sing. And the whole time we're on these balconies waving. <laughs> so we were like, what's happening now? I don't know. We we're so far away from the action. <laughs> but we could hear we could hear the ribbon you know, dancer. It's a whole new world, you know, the whole and uh, <laughs> I think that's the song. Anyway, uh, and then of course the the is there, uh, you know, the way the horn goes on the ship. And it's crazy when you hear it That's live. That's a pretty good uh, horn impression. When you hear it live. That was really oh, good. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> Maybe I'll add that to my <laughs> list So talented. Skills. Tom is so talented. Yeah, put that on the resume. And it's so loud. That bass of that horn just goes right through you, the vibration. it's it, Every time they blew it, it was kind of something magical. It was really fun. I'm pretty sure you guys got to experience that on The Wish. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they still do a whole razzle-dazzle opening number when you get on the ship right before it sets sail. Um, I don't know how it was back in the 90s, but now it's like a five, ten-minute performance by Mickey and the gang and like a bunch of the dancers. And then they have ribbons that go off and then the big horn Yeah, that's blows. basically yeah. the deck party that we would do. We would do a little bit mm-hmm. of talking and you know, asking questions from the audience and stuff. And then they'd blow off the streamers and ribbons and, you know, they wanted the whole like waving goodbye, you know, mm-hmm. the, as if your family's like, who brings their family just to watch you leave? <laughs> you know? right. There'd be like 10 people on the dock going, Hey, bye. You know, <laughs> get out of here. <laughs> and the funny thing is they make such a big deal. We're leaving. We're going to go. Uh, here comes it. The, they do the thing in the hole. And then, like two miles an hour. <laughs> you know, like it takes, or in our case, I don't think we left for like another hour. It's like 45 minutes. Yeah. And then you've, you're finally far enough away from the dock that you can see water between you and the dock. <laughs> and then so like an funny. hour you're out of the channel. And it's okay. By that time you're over it. So it's pretty fun. <laughs> and you're like, okay, I guess we're going now. Talk to us about what it's like to be working the crazy hours on a ship. How much time did you guys get off and what did the time off look like? Well, we always had one day off and we didn't do improv shows when we were in the Bahamas because the Bahamas night was this thing called Junkanoo where they'd bring on these Bahamian dancers and they would do a whole show, which was like carnival up on the deck. And so we got to go into town. And in town, they because all the cruise ships go there, there's a little bar called the drop-off. So if you knew other people that were working on other cruises, you could leave them a note on a bulletin board that, that had this whole wall. And then so people could communicate back and forth. Aww, it was really cool. kind of cool. And then uh, apparently, <laughs> apparently when the cruise ships aren't in port, the drop-off is a notorious place where the prostitutes all hang out. <laughs> Oh, ah, no. It's down in the basement. It's, it is really is. It had great fish and chips uh, in that at that place. I just remember that really well. And conch or is it conch or conch? The you know it, conch shells. Yeah, it's those big what's shells. What's in the yeah. shell tastes yeah, tastes a lot like a mm-hmm. um, little bit like calamari. So, but those are mm. great. Oh, and cool. they uh, there. So we had we had one day off a week. Then we had something to do on the other days, and then the night of. 
the Bahamas, we didn't perform shows. So th- that was kind of nice. But uh, during the day, you might have a game show. We had two different game shows that we did, or they had other things for us to do. And our schedule, so our first show was like at 5, and our last show was at 11.45 or something. And the, the dining room was open from 6 until midnight. <laughs> so so we couldn't get oh no we couldn't get dinner you know uh they yeah. have a thing where you're well you could you'd have to run from your there was one show that had maybe a half hour turnover and so you would run try to get down to the crew messes in the very back of the ship very bottom deck you know and the comedy club was in the front of the ship maybe four fourth story or something like that and so you really mm-hmm. had to run across it to get something to eat so we would always just get stuff and keep it in our rooms, which they didn't really like. You could have like potato chips and things like, cause they don't want uh, vermin coming in to a ship. Mm. That's like, sure. once you get them, they're hard to get rid of. And so if you're leaving food around and stuff like that, and they didn't want yeah. you having yeah. your own booze. So they always had that in the crew bar. Um, they didn't want any beer or wine or anything. Oh, you had a crew bar. Oh yeah. They had cool. a crew bar <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, it was packed. And I remember there was there was even a whole thing about, like, they asked us, should people be able to smoke in the crew bar or not? And I think overwhelmingly we said no. And then they said, yes, it's okay if people smoke in the crew bar. So nobody went to the crew bar because oh. <laughs> it was just packed with people and everybody that was in there was smoking. And it was just it, nothing worse yeah. than a small – I bet today they don't smoke on there. There were places because they, okay. they had a crew bar up on the front of the ship – if you see an overhead view of any of the ships, they have a little pool there. That was the crew pool, and there was a crew bar there. And the, oh, wow. Yeah, because that's the worst place to be. <laughs> Everybody thinks like, oh, how nice. You guys have the pool in the wayfront. And it's like, yeah, and it's always windy. They never open it because they're, the weather, any kind of a gust, and they would say, crew bar closed. <laughs> <laughs> that was just one of those things like, uh, it looks like this would be a great place to have a, something, but. If you were in port, mm. it was great to it go to wasn't. the crew bar, but a lot of times they would close it because everybody get leave, so they want to go off the ship anyway, so they didn't have anybody to work it. So mm-hmm. in the Bahamas, I remember we would go swimming and stuff like that, but very rarely because mm-hmm. it's just so windy up there. It's just uh, – mm. and they didn't want passengers going up there because the whole – Jack and Rose thing. They're going to try and do this thing on the front of the ship. <laughs> we wanted to do that, and we couldn't get up we, there. Yeah, oh, no. we, we just did it on they the They didn't side. even let you do that on the Titanic. That's what's funny, because they that is a do not go, <laughs> that is crew only for all ships, because you're going to fall off, and you're going to, you know, that's why it's so funny. That that yeah. iconic scene in the movie is like, they'd never let you do it's that. the movie poster. <laughs> do you have an overall favorite memory from your time working on either the magic or the wonder, like one that just sits in your head and you go back to, I got into an elevator with George Lucas when I was, they were, yeah, they were, they, a lot of the early cruises were celebrity type cruises. They had a ton of people coming on to check it out and they'd give them trips. And George Lucas was in the same elevator as I, I was, 12 or 13. I saw Star Wars in the movie theater 21 times back before VCRs and all that stuff. 1977. My parents asked me, what do I want to do for my birthday? I said, I want to, I think I can get three showings of Star Wars in today. Can I just go to the theater? And they dropped me off in the morning and they picked me up (laughs) at night. And that was, I was obsessed. And so to take that ride with George Lucian, I didn't say anything to him. I didn't bother him because I was crew and I didn't want to be like, you know, say something 
crazy and then be like, did you know this yeah. guy said this? And then I'd be off the ship. So <laughs> I was just very respectful. And, I, you know, I nodded kind of like, I know you, you know, you don't know me, but you know, I know who you are, but I'm not going to say anything. Yeah. And, uh, and then he came and saw our show wow, and we did awesome. a bunch of really bad <gasps> improv around Star Wars, which just never works when you... <laughs> It's just like <laughs> when George Lucas is in the room. Don't try and do your best Chewbacca impression in front of George Lucas. Okay, this is not you know. <laughs> let's let's just move on. You know, like he, I'm sure he doesn't want to see it either. <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> he'll give you a pity laugh. Oh, and so right, funny you know, that now Disney owns Star Wars and you know Lucas all those films. Yeah. You know, so yeah. kind of all comes back around. You know, <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. Well, I, we don't want to take too much more of your time, but I do have a couple last sure. questions for you. I, I want to hear, and you mentioned this to me earlier before we started recording, but I would love to hear you talk a little bit about what it was like to be on Castaway Key and what you remember. And you also mentioned that there was also a crew section of Castaway Key. Yes. Yeah. There's like a hidden beach and apparently it's the best beach on the island, but it's way over on the, you know, there's a runway on Castaway Key. Mm-hmm. Um and at, oh, we know. at the very end of the runway. We did the 5K run on the runway. Oh, right. Okay. Very, very hot uh, and sweaty 5K oh, yeah. run. Oh, yeah. And it's yeah. it's infested with feral cats, the entire island. And <laughs> well, part of the deal they made with the Bahamian government was that like 80% of the island has to remain basically wild. And then the Disney mm. can develop uh-huh. that little front section that you see. So what you see is probably... 10 or 15% of the islands, whatever, whatever I said before, whatever the other percentage is. <laughs> and apparently it had quite a notorious history because that runway was for drug runners. And uh, so di- uh, the Bahamas wanted to shut that down. So selling it to Disney was probably uh-huh. the best thing they, they could ever do. But at the end of that runway, you could go right or you could go left. And right is where they have the couples massages. They have these like little buildings set up that you can can get a massage while you're looking at the ocean, all of that. You have to, you know, the thing you have to sign up for 10 weeks before you get on the ship. Mm. (laughs) Yeah. We know. And uh, (laughs) it used to, when I was priced at an arm and a leg, when I was there, it it was the thing you had to sign up when you got on the (laughs) ship first, you know, (laughs) that's now, now people have figured it out. Right. So, and if you went to the left, it was the crew beach and it was beautiful white sand, just this private little cove and really nice setup. And uh, the ship itself, or the ship itself, the the island itself has like, I want to say like 10 full-time employees that stay there all the time. And we would switch those guys out every once in a while. They'd hop on the magic to get to wherever they needed to go to get rotated out. And we'd bring people in. And then they used a lot of the staff from the ship to come and make it come alive on embarkment days or the days that the the guests are there. And apparently Mm -hmm. at night... Very few of the buildings had uh, air conditioning. And at night, there's so many mosquitoes that you cannot go anywhere. So at dusk, they all run for cover, get in their little cabins, and they shut the doors. And they just sit there and sweat and watch little 13-inch color televisions. It's <laughs> 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 their only entertainment. And uh, and you're out in the middle of nowhere. And I remember there was a hurricane that was threatening we had to go evacuate the island and get everybody to come on our ship. And then we went to Mexico, which was fun. Anytime there was bad weather, they would divert us. And so we get to go to fun places like Key West or 
Mexico. Because oh, cool. otherwise it's the same trip every time. And the nice thing about a ship, the, uh-huh. the, the safest place to be in a hurricane or bad weather is on a cruise ship. Because a cruise ship can move away from the weather. <laughs> you know, an island can't. You know, if it's going to hit the island, it's going to hit the island. So we always found the best weather just outside of the the toughest part was getting in and out of port if the weather was bad, just to get mm-hmm. people in and off the ship. And then once they got mm-hmm. going again, they could just steer away from the bad weather and we would get nice, smooth sailing and we get to go to someplace different than the island or the Bahamas. So that was kind of fun. So that's cool. Uh, it happened like two or three times. Key West. I really loved going to Key West. That was really fun. Oh, I've had some fun in Key West. I can tell you. (laughs) 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 Had some fun times in Key West. But it was, yes, Key West was great because everybody spoke English. You use English money. You could just, you know, English money, American money. American because it is the United States. Yeah, it is the United States. Uh, Well, it wasn't for a minute. You know, they they are the Congo public. They broke away from the United States for a very brief couple of months, basically a lot of drinking and partying, and then they went back because. <laughs> came crawling back. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Look, this sounds, I can't even imagine. I'm fascinated. Like Dana and I talk all the time about how we're like, we're obsessed with the show yeah. Below Deck on Bravo and about like the life of these crews. And I, my dream is for there one day to be like a Below Deck of a cruise ship and like a real reality show following the people underneath. Yeah, I don't the, think Disney the, Disney would never cruise. allow it. It won't be it. with be a Disney. Great Disney yeah. Plus show. It'd be very wholesome. Well, let me no, just tell you, it was, uh, a bunch, no. it was a bunch of twenty-year-olds, mostly single. Everybody was single. You can just imagine. Yeah, enough said. Yeah. Enough and, said. We can imagine what was happening <laughs> below deck. And I gotta say, the Disney, like, if there, if you wanted to be a waiter or waitress on board. Your one requirement, you had to be drop-dead gorgeous. So (laughs) they hired the most beautiful people in the world to work in these, you know, in Uh the restaurants and everything. (laughs) And the crew beach was like... What you know? <laughs> it, uh, it, it was uh, not, not, not too bad a way to spend your uh, your time all those years ago. Yeah, except well, I'm a short, chubby guy. I'm, you know, <laughs> it's like, oh man! And everybody else is a supermodel around you. You're like, well, what the heck? You know, <laughs> Tom. I feel like we could talk to you for hours. But thank you. Well, thanks for Dana and I have constantly. Yeah, thanks for coming to talk to us. Like Dana and I have been talking that we just we had to have somebody from Disney Cruise Line come come join us and talk about their experiences there. So I just I loved your stories and thank you so much for the insight. And uh, now we all know why uh, Disney Cruise Line doesn't build ships in Italy anymore. (laughs) Yeah, I hope I don't get anybody in trouble for that. Uh, And again, don't (laughs) fact check me. I mean, this was my understanding of the way things happened at the time. So who knows? It's true. It's 100% true. Scuttlebutt scuttlebutt is a big thing on a ship. And when you're all locked up together, you're kind of like, oh, I heard this. And, you know, so it runs rampant, you know, up on a ship. I love it. So. But thank you guys for so much it. for having yes. me. I've I gotta say I've been enjoying your show. Oh, you guys have you. a true like love for Disney and then like all the stuff that goes into it, and uh, it really comes through. And I just think you have a fantastic show. So I'm thank glad you. I got to be on it. Put it that way. And uh, thank you so much for having me, Tom. That was so sweet. Tom, go on there, hit that little five stars, <laughs> give us a little love on Apple Podcasts, and everybody <laughs> else do the same too. Yeah. yeah. We're also quite excited, Tom. I don't know if you know this, but we were just published recently in the LA Times for some of our tips and tricks because of this nice. podcast. So, nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. So very Maybe exciting stuff. Up. Good. Lots of love. 
Yeah, lots of love to the podcast. (laughs) But Tom, thank you so much. We really appreciate it. And we can't wait to go on to another cruise. And I will always be thinking of all of these stories that you shared. And my hope is someday to get on the magic or the wonder. I got to get on those originals. For sure. The wonder, the wonder, the the wonder is the one that comes up to New York now. Oh, yeah. Just plant that seed, Dana. I think it's, well, I think the magic is here in San Diego. So, you know, who knows? We'll we'll find a time someday. (laughs) Yeah. All right, Tom. Thanks again. All right. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Have a great week, everyone. Have a good week, everyone.